right, everybody. Welcome into a special edition of The Sean Show. This is our basketball preview. We're going to go over the men's and women's teams, both getting ready for the season that miraculously starts next week. I really came up on us in no time, but I'm your host, Curtis, and I'm joined by... Josh and Jordan. So, let's go ahead and get started with it. We'll go over a quick little recap of last season for the men's team. Uh, finished the season with a record of 18-8. and eight. With a record of nine and five in the Sun Belt, finishing twelve and one at the HTC Center, which is really, really impressive. But this isn't about last year. This is about moving forward. A couple of major changes in the roster. Coach comes back, which is uber important. But what are you guys looking forward to in this season? What are your your big key points for the men's basketball team? Well, definitely the big key points right now is we lost our three top scores. We lost Devonte Jones to Michigan. Tyreek Dixon went pro over the summer, and DeAnthony Tibbler just transferred to East Tennessee State. So there's a lot of scoring to kind of replace there, about 50 points a game. And those guys, three starters, very important to us. But we got some guys coming in that I think will step up just fine. Yeah, just like you said, Josh, I'm looking forward to seeing what these these transfers coming in are going to do. Um, it really is interesting to see what Rudy Williams is going to do um, to transfer out of Kansas State. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what Vince Cole is going to do out of the transfer out of St. John's. So I'm just really, yeah, we did lose a lot. You know, Devontae's Sunbelt Player of the Year last year, and now he's going to be the projected starter for Michigan. So we're going to see who's going to come in and take that spot and, you know, fill in some of these key players that are leaving, especially with Tipler and um, Tyree Dixon leaving as well. Yeah, and the other four people we lost, we lost seven people total from last year. We lost Malik Lagania to Lenore Ryan, which is D2 school. Tim Caesar was kind of a rotation forward for us. He's at MVSU. Hosanna Katinge was a fan favorite. He was a big guy on the bench. Transferred to Howard. And then Mason Gregg, our walk-on, layup line hero, does all the dunks. He's in the transfer portal as we speak. But we get Rudy Williams, Vince Cole, Wilfred Lakai from North New Mexico State, and we also get Jordan Smith from Northwestern Florida State, which is JUCO, and a freshman, Josh Uduje, highly touted recruit out of London. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you're building on a on a already successful base. Were they Sunbelt champions? No. Were they, you know, competitive? Absolutely. This is a team that you lost a lot of your core. This is a team that you had to rebuild, but I think they did a really good job of doing that over the off season here. The one major concern that I have, and it's more of a concern moving forward, is there's a lot of upperclassmen in there. You've got most of the rosters are seniors, super seniors, grad transfers, juniors. Like, really, you know, you, you brought it up. There's only one true freshman on the roster. Right. Now, that scholarship roster, right? I'm sure there'll be a couple of walk-on kids and a couple of guys to fill out the bench. But that's really concerning moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just feel, you know, we need to try to see exactly what is going to happen with everybody that's left and see how we can get better as a team. I mean... You know, 18 and 8 is really good. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but um, we just need to see what Cliff Ellis, um, see what he brings to the table. We all know what he brings to the table, such a legendary coach, and see what he can do. Now, we did make it to the CBI last year, and we actually went pretty far in the Sun Belt tournament as well. So I'm just curious to see what he's going to bring to the table as a coach of his caliber to see what we can do to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and like you said, we don't have a lot of people left, but the ones that we do that 
were kind of important to the roster were Garrett Green, eight points a game. This is he's a super senior using his COVID year. Kevin Williamson, six points a game. He's what I'm hearing is probably in the contention for the starting lineup or six man. And then you've got Abrima Diba who was had a breakout year two years ago and then injured his knee. Last year wasn't as great, but still averaged about eight points a game, six assists and six rebounds. So really an all around do a guy for you. And then obviously Isam Mustafa. He's only his second year here, and he averaged almost a double-double last year and was named to the Sun Belt third team for the preseason. Yeah, that's really impressive, right? Again, you're losing a lot, but like you said, the people that are coming back are, are good, and they're going to have to grow into roles that they haven't been in before, which is going to be an exciting thing to watch. You start the season off with a couple of cu- a couple of cakes, excuse me, um, and you, you're really using those games to build chemistry to see who's where, where are they at in terms of right now, where are they at in terms of next year, where do we need to improve our game. Um, and those first couple games are going to be really important. But in the preseason poll, Sean Clears voted to finish 7th in the Sun Belt, which I think is about right. I think they have the potential to finish higher than that, but I think they're right now, especially with a lot of the uncertainty, if you will, around the program, um, that's a really kind of mid, uh, mid-conference mid finish, a little bit on the bottom side of it, but I really think that that's a goal for Coastal, is to finish in the top half of the Sun Belt, really to finish in the top four, and I think it's achievable. Do I think they'll be Sun Belt regular season champs? Probably not. But I think they're going to put out a really competitive, really good team that come tournament time, who knows, right? And Sunbelt tournament, obviously, right? Who knows? That's a team that can make a really good run. You've got a lot of new talent. Maybe that meshes right as, you know, you're headed into that tournament and it turns into a really good thing for Coastal. And maybe we make our first tourney appearance since 2015 by winning the Sunbelt tournament and heading up to to the big dance. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. I think that... You know, these players that are coming in, the ones that are here now, I mean, just seeing a little bit of the scrimmages that they've been having. You know, Coach Ellis had a lot of closed practices and things like that. Didn't even have a late night this year. You know, we were, I was pretty shocked to hear about that. So I think that this team is going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think seventh is really what they could, you know, end up finishing at. I think that they might actually surprise a lot of people and have a lot of, may even have some upsets because this year we have three teams we're playing. Uh, University of South Carolina is coming down here. We're going to be playing Winthrop, who made the NCAA tournament last year. And then we're going to be playing Walford. And we all know mm-hmm. the caliber of teams that Walford ha- is the type that makes it to the NCAA tournament as well. So I think they're going to upset a couple of those teams. Um, and, you know, it, like you said, you build off chemistry. And the more that these players get to, you know, mesh with and get to play with each other, and the better that the, the team's going to perform. So... I think that seventh probably will be a little bit better. Yeah, and, and I think that we're headed to the, the Bahamas after two games uh, in the States. One at home against Ferrum College, which is um, a division lower, um, but still a, a decent team at that level. You could travel to UNC Wilmington, and then you're on a plane to the Bahamas. And I think that Bahamas tournament, you're playing against good teams, right? First game is against Valpo, which is a team that always makes the tournament or is at least in the conversation. Um and that's going to be a couple of games where you really have to build the chemistry. You're in the, the hotel together with each other. You're really building and, and improving. And even if they don't win that ter- win that tournament, they they can come home and be confident in what they're moving forward, especially when your first game back is December 1st at home against South Carolina, a team that went to the Final Four in recent memory. 
Yeah, this team, like you said, with that Bahamas trip, I think we're going to have a lot of trouble early with chemistry as a lot of these guys haven't played together. And especially, I wanted to talk about Rudy Williams and Vince Cole, two guys who I think are going to be in the starting lineup for Coastal that haven't played together ever and haven't played with these other guys. You got Rudy Williams, who averaged about six points a game, two and a half rebounds at Kansas State, got 25 minutes a game there. And then you got Vince Cole from St. John's, who was really good and almost made the tournament last year. He averaged almost 10 points a game, grabbed a couple rebounds, played 23 minutes a game there as well. So those are guys that, as far as talent goes, this team is as talented as it was last year and maybe even a little bit more and definitely on par with the teams we've had previously. But I think that Bahamas trip, like you said, is going to be a really big test and opportunity for us to grow together as a team and for those guys to kind of figure out their roles. And notable in that one is we play Valpo first. If we win that game, we get Abilene Christian who we all know upset Texas in the tournament last year. And yeah, they do. That could be a giant test. They're returning a lot of guys, too, so that could be a giant test really early in the season. But I am worried about the chemistry, but I think come Sunbelt play, if we have it all together and those guys are playing like I think they can, I think we can win the Sunbelt. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, not only that, but I think that, you know, winning the <clears> – <throat> this has the potential to be NCAA tournament, written, yeah. you know, written all over. I feel like – if they can play like all of us in this this uh, building think that they can play, I think that this is going to make the NCAA tournament. And we may even have the potential to even upset a team in the NCAA tournament. You know, our schedule in the NCAA tournament is not the best. I think we've made – I think we're 0-4 in NCAA tournament play. So, I think this team has what it takes, you know, with Mustafa and Garrett Green and Rudy Williams and um, Vince Cole coming in. <clears throat> I think that this team can actually turn some heads. I really do. Yeah, and I think the starting lineup at least should be something like Rudy Williams, Vince Cole, and then Garrett Green, Mustafa, and Diva, who have all been here. We They were all starters last year, and I think the starting lineup is compared to last year. I would love to see that game. I think they could compete. We lose Tipler, Dixon, and um, Devontae Jones, but I think Rudy and Vince can kind of help fill in there very nicely, and the front court is going to be very similar to what it was last year, so... I really think once you get the steam rolling, and it's going to be on the guys, too. A lot of these guys are scorers coming from especially the two power conference transfer guys, and if they can learn to play in Coach Ellis' system, and he likes to go fast, and I'm sure they do, too, but I think this team could really gel nicely, and I don't think there's any team in the Sun Belt, talent-wise, that could actually match up with us if we play at our full capacity. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point. I think... You know, this is a team that has the talent. And again, we've, we've talked about it a lot. It's the chemistry. You're bringing in a lot of new faces. You've lost a lot of faces, which means there's a lot of turnover. But I think it's a good thing for Coastal. As much as we would love to see Tip in a, you know, teal jersey again, as much as we'd love to see Devontae Jones in a teal jersey, uh, putting a player in not only a Power 5 school, but has the potential to start for a Power 5 school, and not just any Power 5 school. You know, we're not talking about him transferring to Rutgers or something, you know, an, an awful basketball, or Penn State, an awful basketball school. He transferred to Michigan, home of the Fab Five, a team that, con- I, I, if they don't make the Sweet 16, it's a failure of a season type right. thing, right? That's got to be good for Coastal. That's got to be good for players looking to come in, make a difference for a couple years, and then move on pro or move on to a Power 5 school. And I think Coastal fits really nicely in that mold where you can bring in a lot of talented players that other schools either messed up with and didn't bring into the fold as they should have, 
Or maybe you bring in some kids that, you know, missed out on opportunities that they should have taken, and I think you grow as a program. And I think this year is going to be the real test of that, is if you can put together a squad that finishes with 20 wins, right? Amazing. Great. And then you build on that, and next year looks even better. Yeah, and, you know, with like you said, the Fab Five with Devontae Jones going there, coached by Juwan Halbert, so who was one of those members of the yep. Fab Five, so... Um, you know, we this could be one of the destinations, like you said, for those that want to come here and actually put on a show for this. You know, we're not a big basketball school, and, you know, we could actually become one of the premier basketball schools for, like, a smaller division. Uh, even though we are in the um, FBS, you know, we, we could be one of those teams that could be like a Liberty that could try to get some players of top talent to come from these big schools to come down here and see what we can do about um, – winning some games down here. So I really like the idea that you brought up there about that, Curtis. And, um, yeah, let's just uh, let's just see what they're – we're going to figure it out next Tuesday because the season opens next Tuesday. So it's, it's going to tell the story. God, it feels like a basketball season should be another two months away. I don't know where. <laughs> it was quick. I don't know where this time – it's already November. I it just is. wrote my rent check. Like, God, it's – like – Thanksgiving's around the corner, man. Like, <laughs> like, it was summer two days ago. Like, what in the world? But yeah, like, this we're excited because this is a, a season and a team that we've looked forward to a lot. As much as Coastal's football program garners all the highlights, or excuse me, all the headlines around campus, and we're all really excited about what they can do and what they are doing, this is a team that's right behind them. You know, them and, and baseball duke it out for number two on campus really hard. And I think basketball has the edge right now just based off of the season that they're coming off of. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is really good. So, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to predict the season, if you will. I think that's too far-fetched. But what are you guys looking forward to? What do you think equates to a good season for Coastal? Well, real quick, I just wanted to go back on what you both said about kind of bringing in people that have messed up getting transfers. That's what Cliff Ellis really likes to do. He attacked the transfer portal for transfers to us this year. And from what I've heard, he really likes recruiting the transfer portal. I don't think as long as he's here we're going to be terrible because he's going to get power conference transfer. He's going to get guys that know how to play basketball. But one thing I have heard very highly of is Josh Duje, the one lone freshman that he brought yeah. in. And yeah. they said if Cliff, if Cliff Ellis recruits a true freshman, it means he really likes him. And this guy, he was one of the best recruits in London, kind of got brought over here, got to play in a lot of big games. So I'm really looking forward to that. And also Sports Illustrated released – their kind of basketball preview today and the Sun Belt was ranked as the 14th best conference out of 32 so there's definitely a lot of good teams in the Sun Belt and it's the eighth conference that's not the power five so yeah definitely good competition in the Sun Belt but as far as predictions I'm a little optimistic but I would really like to see 20 wins this year and I think we might start slow we might drop to Wofford or Winthrop or South Carolina, even if later in the season we're better than them just because of the chemistry thing. But I really think the team is going to catch their groove. And by the end of the season, I really don't see any other Sunbelt team being able to go toe-to-toe with us. Well, I mean, I think I would say 20 wins as well, maybe even more, you know. But, I mean, I really – I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm really optimistic as well, Josh and, and Curtis. I really think that this team – can beat one of those teams. It might even beat two of those teams. We It's just, you feel like this team is that talented. I really feel like South Carolina, with everything, 
on the line, you know, bragging rights on the state. I think they're going to come out and ball, and I think they're going to give them everything that they have. So I think that it's going to be a really contested game and a close game with that. And with Winthrop coming to town, you guys already know, Winthrop was like a really big rival team when we all played in the Big yep. big South. So, um, and Walford's always a tough team to play as well. So I think, yeah, the chemistry may not be there, but I think that with the everything that they all bring to the table, all these players, that they bring something to the table that can be something special here. So I think that we might have a chance at each of those three teams. And I think that I want to say Sunbelt Championship. I'm optimistic. I, me too. I'm optimistic. I'll say Sunbelt Championship because we were one game away last year from the Sunbelt Championship, I believe. We lost to App- Appalachian State in the semifinals. Right, and App State went on to win the tournament. Right. So, so, yeah. We were really close last year. And, yes, we may have lost a lot. But I think that even with the new – uh, transfers coming in, and with the experience that everybody that has on this team has played with, we should make. I, I'm optimistic. I'm going to say Sunbelt Championship. I am. Yeah, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think that, you know, again, we've talked a lot about momentum and chemistry, and I think this is a team that needs to be pushed off the top of the mountain. But once they have been pushed, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to just keep rolling and they're they're not going to be stopped until they run into a bigger team or, you know, a power five team in a tournament type situation. My goal for the season, I'm with you guys. I think 20 wins is a realistic expectation. I think it's a good expectation. You walk away from the season 20 and 10 in that kind of range, right? So that's really successful. You're winning more games than you're losing. You're winning two more games to each game you win. That's that's really good. I think the Sunbelt Championship is just the nature of basketball as a coin is a coin flip. Coastal could go in there as the number two or three seed and lose the first round. Do I think that will happen? No. But I think at the end of the season, I think a realistic goal for, for Coastal should be the NIT. I really, truly believe that that's a tournament that if we fall short in the Sunbelt tournament, you need to set yourself up to be competitive and earn a bid to the NIT. I think that starts with beating Valpo in the Bahamas, and I think that continues with beating your other Power 5 opponent in uh, South Carolina, especially when they're at home. you got to defend home turf. That's super important. But I think that's where this season should end is, is in an IT bid. But where you go from there, who knows? But I think that's really important for Coastal. One thing I want to say also, too, to everyone that didn't know, um, last year with everything that went on with COVID, you know, um, <clears throat> didn't really have fans, really. It was a limited number of fans, so not really a lot of uh, support from the student section and things like mm-hmm. of that nature. Uh, they can only allow fans, families of the players, family of the members of the players to come into the games. So now this year, um, they're they're letting the, the they're letting the um, they're letting the the fans come back in this year at the HTC Center. So I think that's going to be beneficial. I think it's going to be a really a big boost because the players boost off the energy of the fans. So I think that if we can continue, and I sh- I cannot stress this enough. From our student body, I need us all to come to the games. Even if it, I don't care if it's Ferrum uh, College that we're playing or if it's USC, we need people in the student body to come to the games and, and rock out HTC because they're going to need all the support from us this whole season. So definitely want to push that for everybody that goes to Coastal. Yeah, and how can you expect guys like Rudy Williams and Vince Cole coming from Kansas State and St. John's Big East and Big 12 basketball schools to want to recruit other guys like that and stay here if there's no fans when they're coming from 
18,000, 20,000 deep in their home gym. So the fans really need to show up this season, be passionate. We're going to have a really good squad this year, I think, and definitely some highlight reels and talented guys on this team as well. Yeah, absolutely. The HTC is a very small, kind of intimate yeah. location. But if you fill that with enough voices, you fill that with enough people, it's easy to make that an, an untenable yep. you know, environment for your, for your opponents, right? There's not... 40,000 people in the HTC Center, right? I think the building would explode if you got anywhere close to that. But you can make the number of people in there sound like 40,000. If you're in there, you're passionate, you're going. And the worst thing that we can do, and I know it's early in the season, and I know it's like finals week and that sort of thing, but like South Carolina December 1st, the worst thing that can happen, and we cannot as a student body let this happen, there's more South Carolina fans than there are Coastal no. fans. Yeah. You cannot allow there to be more garnet and black than teal and bronze. You can't. It can't happen, and that's got to be a game where we show, hey, listen, you might be the big dogs, but you're the big dogs three hours to the, to the west. You're not here. We are. We dominate this part of the state. We're going to dominate the whole state eventually. But right now, this is our piece, and we got to be there. Yeah, and like you said with the HCC Center, there's not any empty space in there. It is stands and walls between there, So, and there's not any space between the closest seat and the court as well. So we can really pack that in there and make it feel like 20,000, like yeah, Duke. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I think we kind of move on to the women's team. A bit of a different situation here, a bit of a different story. Women's basketball is coming off a 3-15 and season, 0-13 in the Sun Belt. Um, not the standard that we expected for them, right? This is a team that we have high standards for. We hope for the best four in this team, and last season was a bit of a disappointment. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with COVID. I think, you know, it's, it's a weird season. It's a weird scenario. Uh, you lost some talented players that didn't come back. You bring back your top two scorers from last season. You bring in a massive freshman and, and transfer class to fill out the, the bottom spots of that roster. And we're looking for improvement. We're not looking for them to compete at the same level as the men's basketball team. We think they're a little bit you know, on the rebuild kind of stage, right? whereas the men's team is at the point where they're competitive. So it's a building year. It's a year where we're going to be watching closely. It's a year where you want to see improvement. And that's the big story here, right, is you're coming into this season picked 11th in the Sun Belt by the other coaches out of 12. You're coming into this season with two players who were on preseason all Sun Belt teams, but where does the rest of the roster come in? Where do you finish? At the end of the season, do we look back on you know, another terrible season? Let's call it what it was. It was bad, especially when you're 0-13 against your own conference. Especially, and, and adding to that, coming off of a season prior where you were Sunbelt champions. That's almost unacceptable. So now this season, again, we're not expecting them to go undefeated. We're not expecting them to knock off UConn or South Carolina. But it's nice to see growth and to see competition. That's where I'm at with this team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like to see that. I mean, eight people left the team. Eight girls left after last year, which is very interesting because a lot of them mostly transferred, which means that there's probably a shift in culture here. I'm sure something went wrong last year that, especially culture-wise, that, I mean, you don't just go from Sunbelt champions to 
three and fifteen in one season like that. But six new freshmen this year come almost a one eighty from what Cliff Ellis does. And then the one transfer is Blair Schultz. She was absolute bucket getter at Walter State Community College. So hopefully she can come in real quick and she might not be up to par defensively or what we have with our scheme. But hopefully we need people that can put the ball in the basket. Bottom line and. We're returning about 30 points a game between Blunt and Richardson. So hopefully Schultz can get in there and shake some things up. And hopefully the team can gel as the season goes on. And all these freshmen can kind of learn. And hopefully some of them are surprises. And we get a good team that's set up here for the next four years. Yeah, absolutely. I think that what you guys were saying is absolutely right. I mean, I think we absolutely have a lot of optimism on this team. And, you know, looking back at it, I mean, being Sunbelt champs two years ago, a lot of that really had to do with uh, the play of DJ Williams. I mean, a lot of – she was a bucket getter. This <laughs> That girl could play some basketball. Uh, had that 51-point game. And then on top of that, she was Sunbelt player of the year that year too. So when you lose a player of that caliber, and she's also playing overseas in Italy, so when you lose that type of talent, that type of caliber player, I'm actually surprised she didn't make the, NCAA, the um, WNBA. Um, but when you lose that type of player to a team – um, it can be very stressful um, that following season. So, but you know, Asia Blunt, Asia Blunt, and uh, Deja Richardson are are two two girls. I think are gonna get buckets for sure. Um, I really think they're gonna. You can't be no worse. You can't be no worse than three and fifteen. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. can't. So I mean, I I really feel like these. I mean, X factor here, Elena Denson. Yeah. I think Elena Dense, she she averaged nine points last year. Yes, so if she can boost that up to double digits and help out uh, Blunt and Richardson, I think that um, we might have a little big three here uh, women's basketball-wise. So I'm very optimistic about this team. And, you know, I think, hey, you get better. Like you said, you said it last um, podcast, iron sharpens iron. So if each of these girls go hard in practice every time they go to a uh, suit up in practice and they take it to the um, take it to their games. This team can has a lot of optimism. Yeah, and shout out for real Asia Asia Blunt for she led the Sun Belt in scoring last year. First team Sun Belt preseason. She could have easily jumped ship after last year, a terrible season after she's used to winning. And she decided to stay knowing that she's got six freshmen coming in, that she's going to be the one everybody's looking at to lead the team. She's going to be the one that has to mentor them. So shout out to her for staying. A lot of players would have left in that situation. And this is a good sign that she wants to stay here and thinks that she obviously thinks that we have enough to be competitive or she wouldn't waste her one of her last years in college here. So that's really good to see. And I think the same thing goes for Deja Richardson. She also could have left. She's also a preseason Sun Belt team. And I think we're going to have a solid team. And like you guys said, it can't be much worse than last year. And no. hopefully we can at least compete in our own conference. That's what I'm really looking to see. Yeah, and I'll put in a, a personal anecdote. I didn't play basketball in high school. I wasn't inclined that way, right? And, and our, my high school's basketball team was terrible. But the way that I'll put this is my junior season in football, we won one game. And it was really relieving for the team coming into our senior season because the expectations weren't there. We could compete and we could be as good as we could possibly be without the expectation and without the, you know, the community expecting us to blow everybody out of the water, to, to go undefeated. Because they know we're coming off of a, a, a sluggish, kind of terrible season. 
And so I think that's where this women's basketball team is. Not that they're going to come out, and I, I hate this term, I hate when they come out and surprise people, but I think that that's where they need to be, and that's what they need to aim for. Is you have no expectations, right? You're not expected to be Sun Belt champions. You're not expected to make the NCAA tournament. You're not expected to, you know, blow everybody out and, and win all your games. But those expectations that we do have of you to improve, to grow, to become a better team by the end of the season than you were at the beginning, those goals can be accomplished through winning. And I think a lot of that will happen. Is you become a better team, you become, you know, more in sync. You become more confident the more you can put up points. Bringing it back to my football story, we beat a team that was projected to win the state title our first game of the season. They were basically we beat them that season, and then they didn't lose for like five straight seasons. That gave us so much confidence heading into the rest of our season. I think women's basketball has the chance to do the same thing. The schedule starts out a little bit slower here. You start off with Agnes Scott, again, a D2 program, South Carolina State, Erskine, UNCW, and then you're into the Thanksgiving Classic. And I think by that Thanksgiving Classic, you've got to start improving and being a better team. Yeah, and that Thanksgiving Classic, you've got UNCG, ETSU, good SOCON schools in basketball. And then you have also have to host St. Mary's, who's ranked every year in women's basketball, 5-6 seed. And I really think that by then, hopefully, you open the season with a few wins and those games against these D3, D2 schools. I think we have to play free, play everyone at this point so that we can see who's actually fit for game speed. And I hopefully, we have it together enough by then to give some of these teams a run, and that'll be very good at our home court against all these big-name schools in women's basketball. Maybe we can win one or two of those games. And if we did that, that set up the whole team the rest of the season for conference play and give confidence to build on. Yeah, um, I'm just going to piggyback on what you brought up, Curtis, you know, with, our, with the expectations and things like that. This team was picked 11th to finish 11th. 11 out of 12, yeah. The 12th team is Louisiana Monroe. To the ladies that are listening to this podcast that are on the team, you guys need to take that so disrespectfully and go out here and just ball on everybody. Right. Because... I feel like that's very disrespectful to this team. Yes, we had an off seat, we had an off year, but I know there's so much talent on this team. They need to just go out and ball, and sooner or later, people are gonna. You have to prove them wrong. You just gotta go out there and have that mindset that we're gonna go out here and prove people wrong. We're not gonna finish 11th in the season, and we're gonna go out here and make a run and try to see what we can do about making a big push in the Sun Belt Championship as well. So, um, yeah, definitely take that. Take that so disrespectfully and go out there and just punish every team. Have that mindset because I know this team has way more talent than to finish 11. Right, and the football team last year is a perfect example of that. They were picked to finish basement in the Sun Belt, go undefeated in the regular season. Sun Belt co-champions, and I believe we would have been champions had that game been played. You're in the same scenario now here with women's basketball a year later. You're picked to be 11 out of 12. That's got to be bulletin board material. You've got to go in there and say, are we better than the team ahead of us? Yep. Are we better than the team ahead of them? Yep. Are we better than the team ahead of them? Yep. Are we better than the team ahead of them? Maybe. Okay. That's our goal. By three games from now, we need to be better than Georgia State. I don't know the preseason rankings right now, but picking a team out of the top of my head, right? And that's your goal. 
okay, now we've improved. Now we've gotten through the Thanksgiving Classic. We're headed into the, the Christmas Classic. Let's do it again. Are we better than this team? Yep. Are we better than this team? Yep. Are we the third best team in the Sun Belt? Yeah, we damn are. And you're confident. You're ready to play. And I think that's where this season leads. With that in mind, I don't think predictions are necessary for this team. I don't know that necessary is the word I want to use there, but it's the word I'm going to use. Because, again, the season's about growth. Where the men's team were expecting competitive basketball, we're expecting them to compete at an elite level. The women's team were expecting growth. If that growth ends in a Sunbelt championship, that's amazing. That's incredible. If that growth ends in a 500 season, great, incredible. If that growth ends in a season where you lost more games than you won, but you still were a better team than you were game one, incredible, good. You you accomplished your goals. You can look forward to next season with that group of freshmen a year under their belt. You add another big freshman class, and you build, and this team can be something a couple years from now. So with that, I don't think we necessarily need to predict them, but what are you guys' final thoughts on women's basketball? Yeah, I really hope that Asia Blunt and Deja Richardson can go and have absolutely great seasons and ball and be the leaders that they came back to be. But I also hope some of these freshmen take off and surprise us and can grow into roles, even if it's just three or four of them. That would set us up so great for the next couple of years, and I think that would have build hype around the program. Oh, they're only freshmen. Four freshmen balled out. They're only freshmen. They got a long time left. Coastal basketball has a bright future. I think that's what we're looking at for these girls to – give us hope for the next upcoming years and that the program is trending in the right direction. So I think if we can compete in some conference games, if we can upset someone, if we can play free and maybe we go out there, we're playing fast, we're playing free, no pressure, there shouldn't be any pressure, I think that'd be really fun and really give us hope for the next upcoming years for this program. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna say this. You have nothing to lose. No. You have nothing to lose. Go out there. And I know you don't like the word, Curtis. <laughs> I know you don't like the word surprise. But just surprise everyone you guys play. Play with so much energy. Play play free. And just go out there and have some fun. And, you know, when it's fun, it's fun when you're winning. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's tough when you lose. But I think with Asia and Deja and the rest of this crew, I think that they're going to be, I'm going to say optimistic about this team too. Cause you just, you just don't want to see them. You just don't want to see them do what they did last year. And I know for a fact that they're not gonna do what they did last year. They're gonna come out and they're gonna surprise a lot of teams. And I really think that they're gonna gonna have a really good season this year. I really do believe that. So we're we're gonna see that next week as well. So I, I got nothing but support for the lady, for the lady Cavaliers, uh, not Cavaliers, lady Shauna Clears. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna urge the I'm gonna urge the student body yep. to come out. To support yep. them as well. I mean, yep. they're going to need just as much support. You know, I need – just pack out HTC for their games as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're not just going to be there for the boys. We're going to be there for for the girls as too. So, I need all the student body to come out to that game as well. Not only student body, but I need the fans that aren't associated with Coastal. Come to Coastal. Come out, root for the – I keep saying Cavaliers. Root for the Shauna Clears. That's really something. This next Tuesday, the first game of the season, the women host Agnes Scott right before the men play. Literally finishes right after it, and then you go right into the men. 
make a day out of it. Come out and support the Shauna Clears. It's the first night of the college basketball season. You're undefeated at that point. Everybody come and have some fun and watch some basketball, some good basketball where the Shauna should both win both of those games against D3 schools. Come out and support them. Let me just say this, and don't just come if they're having, like, pizza or they're having T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Come out here and come out and support the, the teams that we have here. Now, you guys all trying to get free stuff? Come on. We're better than that. Free basketball. Yeah, free basketball. Yeah, free basketball. Come on, yeah, right. come on, man. Yeah, yeah tip-off 5 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, November 9th, Agnes Scott for the women. Then after that game ends and there's a couple of changeover little things, it's projected to be a 7 or 7.30 tip for the men against Ferrum. But, yeah, season starts there. Again, like Josh said, you're 0-0. You're undefeated. That's a chance for the students to get in there to set – the standard for the rest of the season and to you know to, to keep that moving for both teams. But with that, I think we go ahead and sign off for Josh and Jordan. I'm Curtis signing us off. Follow us on Twitter at the Shot Show. Follow us on Instagram at Shot Show. Our Instagram DMs and Twitter DMs are always open, so send in questions, especially now that we're moving into multi-sport schedule. It really helps us a lot when we're making essentially weekly episodes to have a press conference, when we're covering like four or five games, ask us questions about specific games. It'd be great. But yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Um, We really want to know what we can do better. We really want to know what you guys are looking for, what you guys want from us. But with that, I think we sign off. Sean's up.